Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good morning, as I said. It's January 27th, 2023, and this is the Congregation of Prayer Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. We come to you each morning. We pray together as a congregation, um, both uh, the catechism, the psalmody, the hymnody, um, the rich traditions of our church, but along with God's holy word, and of course in prayer. So, yes, good to have you with us. Our catechesis today will continue in the book of Genesis. We're working through the Joseph narrative. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. Memory verse. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2, verse 20. Our psalm is Psalm 97. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. All worshippers of images are put to shame, who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. O you who hate the Lord, or love the Lord, excuse me, hate evil. There we go. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. Catechism for this week is the sacrament of holy baptism. What does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, We were therefore buried with him, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. All right. My chair was annoying me there. Let's see if that's better. All right. Uh, good to have you checking in in the chat. Michael is there. Uh, Mom is there. Good. Karen as well on Facebook. Gus and Eileen are on Facebook. Fresh is on YouTube. All right. Thanks for checking in. And for those listening watching later in the day, greetings to you as well. Our first reading is continuation from John's Gospel, John chapter 7. Remember, Jesus is in um, Jerusalem for the Passover. Secretly, though, um, he didn't come in the normal procession. 
came later in the feast, because his time had not yet come, as he told his disciples. Good. The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests and officers to take him. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him whom, who you sent, who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Then the Jews said among themselves, Where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he said? You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. All right, so you can hear how um, this connects well with <coughs> the reading from earlier in the chapter yesterday, <coughs> Excuse me, uh, where Jesus was speaking of um, his identity as both being someone whom they know and where he had come from, born of the Virgin Mary, but also one whom they did not know and know where he had come from, <clears throat> that is, Son of the Father, God the Father. Excuse me. And so here we have the same idea where he's going. is the same uh, challenge, right? He ascends to the right hand of the Father, and where he goes you cannot, at least not yet. Our reading then for catechesis is continuation in Genesis, chapter 45, now verse 4. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near, and then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the, has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. But God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh, and a lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children and your flock and herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there is still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them, and after that his brothers talked with him. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Joseph said, or Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Load your animals and depart, go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your households and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded, do this, take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives, bring your father and come, and do not be concerned about your goods, for all the best, all, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave, them all, gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father these things, ten donkeys loaded with all the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and food for his father and for the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and they departed. And he said to them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. Then 
They went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to Jacob their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still, because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Then Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Beautiful. All right, so we have some reconciliation now. Uh, Joseph proclaiming the gospel to his brothers. You see that right away in verse 5. Right? What does he say? Come near to me. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But, verse 5, but, this is a gospel but. Now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. God is accomplishing good from evil. God is preserving their lives. Right? What, what good news in the midst of their grief over what they have done. And that's the key phrase, not only in verse 5, but verse 7 and verse 8, right? It's that God sent me before you. Yes, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, he'll say explicitly um, later on. This should, of course, remind us um, someone being sent ahead through deceit and dishonesty, um, but then God using that actually for the benefit of those who will follow after him. Yeah, Jesus was sent from his father into this world, then sent his disciples into all the world, right? But in both cases, what's at the what's at the uh, what's the destination of their sending? The cross, right? Great suffering and evil at the hands of others, and yet God, what God meant means for good, for the greatest good. Uh, there's an interesting word in there. In English, it was posterity. Here in verse seven, uh, let's see what's the etymology of posterity. Um, from the Latin posteros, meaning following, following, right? So future generations. Um, you could say remnant. It could be translated that way as well, which is an important Old Testament term for the understanding of the church today, right? The faithful are the generations that follow, the follow those who came before, who are the remnant, the ones whom God preserves in the faith, right? Uh, and typically are a small group in the midst of the world, right? Uh, there's many, many millions of uh, Christians around the world, billions perhaps, but um, yet it's still the minority. To whom were uh, the fathers sent? This is for Joseph's sake, right? Remember, he's finally brought to grief and confession, or revealing himself to them um, once all the conversation about their father dying comes up, right? So they're sent back to their father, and they are to proclaim to him as well good news. So now he's sending forth the eleven with good news. Sound familiar? All right, it should. Good news to the Father. Um, what are they to say? God has made me Lord, uh, your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry, right? I will provide for you. You shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that you have seen, that J Joseph is alive, right? And even better. Of course, this is compared to Jesus send, uh, being well, sending the women, actually, to his brothers, right? Who are huddled away in the upper room after his resurrection. Where would Israel live? Yeah, in a good land, the land of Koshin, the best of Egypt. And Joseph, in verse 12, says, you, you must stress, right, that it is really me. It's really me, Joseph. What did Joseph never ask his brothers to tell their father? Sometimes the, the most important thing is the thing that's not said, right? How do we know that there's forgiveness? Joseph does not... Um, ask them to reveal what they have done to him, right? That they're the ones responsible for all of this. God has done it. Pretty cool, right? 
What did Joseph do after comforting them with these words? You have this great emotional outburst, right? 14 and 15. A lot of hugging, weeping, kissing one another, right? Pharaoh's reaction is curious as well. Um, we know that this, uh, well, this is almost, <laughs> can't help but hear it as being duplicitous. I don't know if it is for this Pharaoh, which d- dynasty this is, but by the time of the Exodus, which I believe is a new dynasty, um, they have no love for the, um, the Hebrews, only see them as useful slaves, right? But here, he's pleased and promises to them the best of Egypt, right? You see that? Um, and then Joseph bestows upon all of his brothers, this is really curious, to each man, verse 22, change a change of garments, right? New clothes, all right? New clothing is significant. Uh, think of Galatians 3. Uh, let's see where Galatians 3, verse 27. Yeah. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, you know, as a clothing. We are wrapped up in Jesus. So now they have new clothes as well. Uh, of course, the special gift is given, given to Benjamin five changes of garments and 300 pieces of silver. Uh, my idea with that. I hadn't realized this until this morning. Maybe I've read it somewhere. Is that I think we can compare these 300 pieces to the 30 pieces that were given uh, when they sold Joseph into slavery. So God has taken that um, that price um, by which they betrayed him, and now He's amplified it into a a, a wonderful good um, good gift for them. Actually, taking their evil um, gift, if you like, and multiplying it for good. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, why did Joseph caution the brothers not to, what did he say? Don't become troubled along the way. Don't quarrel with one another along the way. As I have forgiven you, so forgive one another. That's what he's saying there in verse uh, 24. Um, 26 is interesting. When they came to the father, they said, Joseph is still alive and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. Again, sounds like the resurrection story, doesn't it? Jacob could not believe that his son was alive, just as his Jesus' disciples could not believe it when the women told him that he had risen, just as he said to us, right? Does Jacob believe his sons? At first he's stunned, right? His heart stood still, and but then he's convinced after they told him all that had happened, right? That Joseph was alive. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. His brothers were terrified in the presence of Joseph, for they were burdened with their sin against him. Joseph did not preach at length about their sin, but comforted them that the God of mercy had sent him to save them from certain death. The law had done its work, and the brothers must have their ears filled with the good news of God's mercy, which turns evil into good. So also God sent forth his own Son to be our satisfaction, and that by his blood our sin should be devoured and destroyed. Joseph proclaimed the God who does not want men to perish, but to be saved. God wanted these very sinners to confess his mercy, but he also wanted to save others through them as a remnant in the world. So also, we are to comfort those troubled by the burden of the law and and their sin, that God is merciful to those who confess their sins and freely pardons them for the sake of Christ. Yeah, Jacob's heart stood still. Uh, We would say my um, heart um, stopped, right? Um, This is the, the shock or the drama of the moment. Yeah, my heart skipped. I think we say that too. I skipped a beat. Yeah, for joy but for also disbelief, right? Good. Uh, Let's sing some of our hymn. Uh, Let's sing the end, actually. Stanza four and five. Let's do that today. Mm 
that you cannot enter my gladness. I am baptized into Christ. When I die, I leave all sadness to inherit paradise. Though I lie in dust and ashes, his assured and sprite, leaf flashes, baptism has the strength divine to make life immortal mine. There is nothing worth comparing to this lifelong comfort sure. Open hide my grave is staring, even there I'll sleep secure. Though my flesh awaits its raising, still my soul continues praising. I am baptized into Christ, I'm a child of paradise. Today, we do have a commemoration, all right? We remember um, St. John Chrysostom, or Chrysostom, preacher, all right? You know about St. John, the golden mouth, right? St. John was born in Antioch sometime before AD 350 and was instructed in the faith early by his godly mother, uh, Anthusa. After being ordained a presbyter of the church, he became famous for his sermons in his hometown. He preached with power from the Holy Spirit and had the gift of expressing the truth of God with both beauty and straightforwardness. He tended to preach without allegorical elaboration. Right. His famous preaching resulted in him being elected Bishop of Constantinople in the fall of AD 397, where he continued to speak the word of God with such sweetness that he won the name Chrysostom, or Golden Mouth. To this day, his many sermons provide valuable insight into the Bible. Luther frequently cited him. One of the themes that John never tired of hammering home from Scripture was the privilege of loving the poor and providing their needs, constantly warning against the snare of riches. As a faithful teacher of the church, John preached the free salvation of Christ. Quote, God was about to punish them, but he did not do it. They were about to perish, but in their stead he gave his own son and sent us the heralds as heralds to proclaim the cross. His confidence in the scripture's truth shines in Sermon 33 on Acts. Quote, no doubt this is in our favor, for if we told you to be persuaded by arguments, you would be per- might be perplexed. But if we bid you believe the scriptures, and these are simple and true, the decision is easy for you. If, you agree, if any agree with the scriptures, he is a Christian. Interesting. John was not only an extraordinary preacher, but also a gifted liturgist. The most common liturgy used to this day among the Eastern Rite Christians is the divine service that he is said to have authored. The preface in that liturgy shows the golden mouth at his very best. You brought us into being, out of nothingness, and when we had fallen, you raised us up again. You did not cease to do everything until you brought us into heaven and given us your kingdom, which is to come. For all these things we thank you and your only begotten Son and your Holy Spirit. John's determination to reform the church and the Byzantine court ran into no little opposition with the governing authorities. Finally, his preaching against the erection of a silver statue of the empress Eudoxia resulted in exile. He died in that exile in the town of Kamana on September 14th, 407, the ripe old age of 57. 
His final words repeatedly were, or reportedly were, glory to God for all things. On January 27th, 438, his bones were finally brought back to Constantinople, where he had served as bishop years earlier. We pray. O God, you gave your servant John Chrysostom grace to proclaim the gospel with eloquence and power. As bishop of the great congregations of Antioch and Constantinople, he fearlessly bore the reproach, or bore reproach for the honor of your name. Mercifully grant to all bishops and pastors such eloquence and excellence in their preaching and fidelity in ministering your word that your people shall be partakers of the divine nature. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. While the uh, liturgy of uh, St. John Chrysostom uh, in its fullness is celebrated in the Eastern Church, not so much in the Western Church, there are elements of that liturgy that are that have made their way into our practice as well. Um, and I'm trying to remember where it is. I think I have to look it up by author here. But there's a few um, of the canticles or hymns that are at least one, I know for sure. And I'm trying to remember which one it is. But I have to look it up. Uh, John, is it going to be under John or is it going to be under Chrysostom? It's going to be under Chrysostom, right? Or maybe it's under liturgy of, do they disagree that he actually composed it? Maybe. All right, somebody will have to find that for me. Oh, liturgy of St. James. All right, no, that's not the one we want. Well, maybe maybe I'm confused with the liturgy of St. James. I thought we had some elements of St. John Chrysostom. I'll have to look that up later. All right, let's continue with our collect for the week. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities, and stretch forth the hand of your majesty to heal and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, through your word and spirit, you call us to daily contrition and repentance for our sin, that the old Adam in us might be drowned and die with all his sins and evil desires. Work true repentance in our hearts every day. Teach us to confess our sins and to flee to Christ for our life and salvation. By your word of forgiveness, raise up the new man of faith in us, that we might live before you in righteousness and purity forever. All through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pray this day for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We also pray in Thanksgiving with Bill, who celebrates his birthday, with Angelina, who celebrates her baptism, with the households of our congregation, especially Doug, Tom and Sandy, Stephen and Jackie, Jodine, Lenore, and Sean. We give thanks to God for our Lutheran Day School, this National Lutheran Schools Week. We give thanks to God for the gift of our children's song, which brings joy to me every morning and uh, you when they sing in divine service. Pray for our catechumens, Christian, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Walt, Naomi, Christopher, Dan, and Brad, Ron, Marla, Betty, and Pat, Merlin, Heidi, Dick, and Karen, our homebound Ed, Paul, and Pauline, the urban ministry of of our church, and for all our relatives, especially those outside the faith, to be brought into saving faith, as well as the benefactors of our congregation. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously, or that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Good to have you with us here for our prayer this morning. Um, And I hope you can join us again tomorrow, Saturday morning. We'll uh, be looking at Sunday's uh, readings, Sunday being the Feast of the Transfiguration. Those of, for those of you not on the three-year series, um, the, the one-year series has uh, three Sundays of, well, they're called the Gesima Sundays, they're sometimes called pre-Lent. Uh, they're the old Lent, if you like. Uh, Lent used to be a seven-week series in some places, and so uh, these are the three weeks that led into Lent, you know, at beginning on Ash Wednesday. So you have both 70 or seven and also 40 or four um, at play in uh, the one-year series. So Transfiguration for us falls this coming Sunday, the last Sunday of Epiphany. Um, Those of you on the three-year, you get three more weeks of Epiphany. (laughs) But so it is. Um, There is a difference here in the calendars. Ah, but that's all right. All right. So God be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll uh, gather again in the morning uh, for prayer. See you then. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.